Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike the intern, Ned Reynolds, back in the studio on a Wednesday morning. So the veterans are now in training camp with everyone. They got a full practice in yesterday. Unfortunately, got a uh, report that Clyde is on the uh, non-active pup list, but uh, that's not too serious. Is it? What do you think? You just pulled something? The pup is an acronym for physically unable to perform, a list that I've been on for a number of years. Now. How long has it been? <laughs> almost, <laughs> I don't want to talk with you. 60 years now. <laughs> hey, man, we're going to have to start charging you by the hour, okay? Uh, and, and Clyde Edwards Hilaire, it's probably just one of those nagging injuries that they want to take care of, so that's the protocol that the NFL goes through. It doesn't, it doesn't really mean that the guy's going to miss a lot of action, but he can't play right away. As soon as they take him off that list, well, then he's eligible right again. But from all these camps, Mike, you're going to hear mostly positive reports. That's not just the Chiefs. That's all 31 other teams. Oh, my goodness, look what thus and such did at quarterback. And look at that running back. He's got blinding speed. And all oh, those receivers are catching everything. That's what the media is supposed to do. They're painting a rosy picture. Ain't going to work that way. The real key to how a team, and especially this year for Kansas City, is going to be how they play in the exhibition games. Not that they won or lost. Uh-uh. It's what kind of an attack they have. Mahomes is working with all new receivers. And as I've said many times before, and as anybody who's ever been in football, you can practice all you want. And you do have to practice. That's all part of the the regimen of being a championship team. Practice here, practice there, get your timing down. When it comes to the games, that's a different story. And I think in the exhibition games, how these teams perform in the early going, I think is going to be indicative of what you're going to see and who the receivers are. You know, Juju Smith-Schuster is a fine receiver, but what can he do in the Chiefs scheme of things? The same with Scantling, the same with all these others. Well, McCole Hartman's already there. But the fact is, you have a learning process that's going to come to the fore in these three preseason games that they have. I think it's fascinating to see what happens. It definitely is fascinating. Speaking of new receiver cores, what do you think about that Julio Jones signing in Tampa Bay? I am not surprised. Jones thinks he can still play, and he probably he's can. He's 33, right? Something like that? Early 30s. Yeah. But uh, he And he's had the injuries, of course. That's the nature of pro football. You're going to have those injuries. But teaming up with Tom Brady... <laughs> This is a different story. Julio Jones could suddenly transform into an all-pro. Brady makes them that good if he still has anything left, and I think he still does. But, yeah, that's not a surprise to me. Jones can play. He knows his time is limited, but he wants to be with a possible champion. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. Another weapon for Tom Brady is a dangerous thing. All right, let's flip gears here. Auto racing, doubleheader at Indy this weekend. This is huge, and the racing world is really going nuts over this. Both events are at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Now, Mike, all the racing fans know this, and many of the sports fans do. That that race course, the famed Brickyard, the Indianapolis uh, Motor Speedway, has undergone a bit of a transition. Regular track remains in effect, but the infield is so huge. It's big enough to have a golf course in it, and it, what, they put about 200,000 people in there for the Indy 500. Anyway, what they have done is designed a road course through that. It's been in effect now for a couple of years, and that road course also utilizes part of the regular track, only the cars are going the other way. Anyway, the Indy-style cars are going to race there in an event on Saturday, and they're all excited about this. Indy cars on a road course, it happens, it's happened before, 
Different style of driving, but the same cars. NASCAR, in what used to be called the Brickyard 400, has now morphed into the Pennzoil something or other, maybe 100, whatever it is. The, the NASCAR guys are also going on that road course, which NASCAR does like, and they're both going to have, it'll be a doubleheader. Uh, the Indy cars on Saturday and the NASCARs on Sunday, big crowds expected. Indianapolis, hey, they really love this. Racing is their world in Indianapolis, and this will be a big deal. Hopefully that rain gets through there, though, because everyone, especially uh, east of us, seems to be getting a lot more rain than we do. So we'll see what happens. Hey, a shower is much more than we've had. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ned's shower last night was more than we've had in months. All right. Um, you know, it doesn't really mean a whole lot because, like you mentioned, everything is everything on paper until most of these teams get on the field, and that's the same with the preseason rankings in college football. Mean nothing. They mean absolutely nothing. It's the media's way of kind of generating things. And, of course, these sports information directors at each of the colleges get involved, but they take a vote, and the vote is pretty much predictable. Southeastern Conference, Georgia, is picked to be number one in the SEC East. Why not? They're the reigning national champions, for heaven's sake. And in the West, what a surprise. Alabama is picked to be number one. Now, the other teams, that's, that's what I find to be very interesting because in the East, it's uh, Georgia followed by Kentucky, which used to be and also ran in the East, but they've been coming on. Tennessee, wait a minute, what about the Missouri Tigers? Well, folks, they are picked for sixth place in a seven-team division. Vanderbilt is the only team behind them. I don't buy that. I think Missouri will be a little bit better than that. And then in the West, it is Alabama, Texas A&M, and the Hogs. And the Missouri State Bears play the Hogs on September the 17th at Razorback Stadium, Fayetteville. Interesting football game. Yeah, going to be a good one. Uh, definitely has the uh, makings of a trap game. You know, it does in a way. I don't think the Bears can go down there and win that. And I'm not being Hey, negative. man. But their former coach going down there, That's a the lower-ranked team going against Big Dog. I and mean, the Bears are pretty good. I know. <laughs> that uh, smells you know, like a la- trap. Last year when the Bears played Oklahoma State, it was uh, I think Oklahoma State led something like 23-7 to at halftime. And I said, well, this is blowout here. They're going to put them away. Final score was 23-16. to and Missouri State had chances down they the stretch. Could have, if they would have, if they would have capitalized on some of their, those opportunities in that game, another smells like a trap to me. <laughs> All right, speaking of which, the Cardinals had to get out of the country, go to Canada. Unfortunately, had to leave two of their stars back in St. Louis. Had some guys filling in. How'd they do? Not very well. Toronto wins the game, first game of a two-game series. Only two games, second of which will be tonight. Toronto wins it 10-3. The game was tied 3-3 in the sixth inning. And uh, the Blue Jays, who are a very powerful baseball team with a lot of offense, not a great pitching staff, but a lot of offense. Anyway, they have to load the bases in the sixth inning, and a guy named George Springer. This will ring some uh, familiar bells to uh, fans in this area. George Springer, folks, was the Texas League Player of the Year in 2013 with the Corpus Christi Hooks, and he played half the season. That's how good a player he is. He was with the Astros system at the time. Now with Toronto, it's a grand slam ball game. 10-3, the final. Hey, the Cardinals folks didn't have Arnado, didn't have Goldschmidt, and they won't have them tonight. Guys did not get vaccinated. They can't play in Canada. Also, Austin Romine, but he's a backup catcher. 
and the hey, the Cardinals will do what they have to do. That's not to say the teams can't win. St. Louis did get you know three runs in the ball game, got a home run from Dylan Carlson in the ball game, but you've got to have a consistent attack, and we'll see what happens tonight. Tomorrow's a day off. Then the Cardinals go to the nation's capital, play the Washington Nationals down there, and the Nationals are not very good. So a chance for the Cardinals to get Will. Yeah, but every time they get these chances, see also the Reds. See, I don't want to go down that road because it's just going to make me depressed. All right, let's talk about the Royals. They have any better news? They did not. This is interesting, too, because Kansas City won the first game of the series with the Los Angeles Angels 7 to nothing. Los Angeles comes back and wins last night 6 to nothing. Shut out Kansas City with some very good pitching. And, of course, Shohei Otani getting a key hit. He gets a hit every time. He leads off in the Angels' order. Angels aren't a very good team, folks. Neither is Kansas City. And I'm going to put a subjective mark beside that because I think Kansas City has the makings of being a whole lot better in the future. I said the same thing last year. I thought this year would be a much better year. It is not. Kansas City does have talent. Do they have the consistency? There's the problem, and they do not. Anyway, Angels and Royals will play again today. See what happens with this series going on. And uh, Springbirds are in town this week. They're in uh, Hammonds Field last night. Did they get the dub? No. Frisco won it by a score of 10 to 6. Frisco Rough Riders, that's the Texas Rangers Double A Farm Club. They are pretty good, but so are the Springfield Cardinals. Cardinals lead the division. It is not a solid lead, but we'd love to see them in the playoffs for the first time in a number of years. Play again tonight at Hammonds Field, but it was Frisco 10 and Springfield 6. And I'm going to the game tonight. I think you'll see it. I I think I think it should be good. This is, I'll tell you, it's a key series in a lot of respects, Mike, because the Cardinals, the big club, are said to be, according to all the reports, in the market for Juan Soto from the Washington Nationals. He is the big prize in the trading deadline. Guy's 23 years old, been in the big league since 2018, since he was a teenager. Big time home run hitter, long ball hitter, pretty doggone good hitter. Period. Lifetime average of 290, somewhere around there. That in that uh, vicinity, and the Nationals want to get rid of him because his free agent contract, which will be coming up in two years, is going to be way more than they can handle. They want to trade him, and they want to trade his salary. Cardinals are one of seven teams in the hunt for him. Question is, what will Washington want in a trade? Has to be a trade, and uh, I would have to think that guys like Jordan Walker and Mason Wynn. And a couple of the pitchers that the Springfield Cardinals have down here would be excellent trade bait. And I hope not, because they're the future of the St. Louis Cardinals. But let's see what happens. We will see what happens. And that trade deadline is getting closer and closer. It is. One week from yesterday. Yeah, so we are at that point where it's like, if it's time to to move, it's time to move. And we all know what the Cardinals need. Hopefully they can get it. Ned, you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow.